Hello and welcome to the Thursday show here on the Frontline Gaming Network. My name is Paul Murphy, your host. I'm joined by Dustin Hinshaw this evening. Hello, everybody. Dustin, how you doing? I'm doing great, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Sorry I missed last week. Our man Adam Camilleri is missing this week as he is on the way to one of the tournaments we're going to be talking about. That's right. And we get to talk about that one, plus two other pretty big ones, too. I got a lot of uh, Canadian buddies that are going out of this Motor City one in Detroit. So I got uh, I got some skin in the game, so to speak. That's cool. I can't wait to hear about that when we get to it. But before we start this show, I want to remind you, you know, there's some discounted mats going on at the Frontline Gaming Store. Check it out if you have not already. Uh, there's really neat ones. They got new stuff coming up all the time. And I also want to remind everyone, and this is pretty big news, that less than a, we're less than a month before tickets go on sale for the Las Vegas Open 2023. Tickets will be going live on Monday, June 6th. Do not wait to get those. If you plan on going, even even thinking about going, you need to get those tickets ASAP. They they sell out so quickly. They they sell out faster than Brian Adams tickets. I don't know. I love why that. I, I love that Brian Canadian Adams. reference. I don't know why uh, I thought of Brian Adams out of everybody. I'm sorry, but that's just. <laughs> it is the largest Warmer Forty Thousand tournament in the universe. So you know you want to be a part of it. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for joining us in the chat. If you are new here, if this is your first time listening, uh, this is your weekly tournament prep show. We're going to tell you what's coming up over the weekend at some of the biggest tournaments, the best tournaments in the world from all over the world. We're going to tell you what you're going to see there. We might even work, you know, give a little secret sauce about how to beat them. Uh, we do the show air, live every single week, every Thursday, if you can tell by the title. And then you can find us after the fact on podcast aggregators. And um, it's going to be a good show, man. I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to these Thursdays. It's it's one of the highlights of my week to hang out with you guys and talk about 40K. I'm talking about you in the chat, too. I like hanging out with you guys and talking about this stuff. This is, I uh, I literally live for this. I love 40K. So let's talk, let's talk some 40K. The first one we're talking about is a Motor City Mayhem. It's in Detroit, Michigan, U.S. Uh, again, international audience here. I want to make sure I try to t- tell everybody where exactly it is. I think this is like part, maybe like even part of a larger convention or something going on this weekend. I think there's some other stuff happening uh, at the place. So I'm curious if anybody is going, if it is one of those like larger type events. Uh, but this is a huge one. 182 players, nine round event. You want to run down and let us know what we're going to be seeing there, Dustin? I absolutely do. 180 players, nine rounds. The Imperial Superfaction is 10 sisters, 15 custodes, three Admech, two Astra Militarum, five Grey Knights, five Imperial Knights. And then the Space Breed Superfaction, there are five Dark Angels, five Space Wolves, six Blood Angels, three Ultramarines, one Salamander, two Raven Guard, three White Scars, one Iron Hands, and a Death Watch. Chaos Superfaction, there's two Chaos Soup, two Chaos Space Marines, eight T-Suns, six Death Guard, two Demons, one Renegade Knight. I'm not seeing too many spikes in anything right now aside from Custodes and Sisters, actually. This, this does seem pretty pretty even, you know. Yeah. I, I would not have expected that many Custodes, uh, but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, it's pretty well spread so far. Xeno Superfaction, five Necrons, seven Orbs. 18 Tau, there it is. There's one of the spikes there. And then, of course, the Hive Mind Superfaction, 22 Tyranids. 22. That's a bunch of Tyranids, man. Look. That's a couple Tyranids. It's a couple. (laughs) You know, maybe they've surmised that uh, to beat the Tyranids, you got to beat the Tyranids. I I would uh, agree with that. So that 22 Tyranids, I'd say that's about 120 Raveners that are going to be there. This That's probably a good estimate. Yeah. <laughs> Eldari Super Faction. There's eight Eldari, three Drukari, ten Harlequins, and eleven Asuriani. So the faction podium ends up being tiered at the top with 22, obviously. And then the uh second one goes in with Tau at 18, and then Custodes at 15. That looks very similar to what it was before. Like this is actually kind of yeah. a callback. 
what is that? Is that like 12, 13% Tyranids? Out of 185, that's that's more than that. No, that's oh. a, that's that's about twelve. Got to put some, you know, get, you know, start counting on my fingers. Um, yeah, we're, we're doing we're doing math in, on our fingers now. This is, and, but Tau aren't very far behind. No, Tau are still pretty prominent right now. I think actually a lot of the Tau players are starting to figure out that they may have had to change some of their builds. Like you wouldn't be able to bring as many broadsides, and the Crisis Suit build is still very strong. You just don't use the the air burst as much anymore. You're using your plasma. You're using yeah, your a lot of plasma. Licks. Maybe a burst unit if, there's, if you're seeing a lot of hordes where in your meta. You never know. Like they, they have so it's not just the damage output either. They're so survivable. Either can have what twenty wounds with a four up invul the T five. It's really annoying to get through. And I fast, think they're probably too. figuring out that a lot of these armies are going to come to them, so they'll get yeah. the plasma range pretty easy. Exactly. They might not have to rely on the uh, the indirect fire, you know. And also, we saw Kroot and Kroot Hounds making it in to be able to score those mm-hmm. objective points. Uh, yeah, Tau have a lot of flexibility in in their codex, and they're probably just figuring they finally figured out ways to tinker in and get it into uh, the position to win. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, too, now with Crusher being dead for Tyranids, the Tau weapon profile is a lot better into the new Tyranids. So they can actually deal with all these big monsters because they're not getting their minus one damage on their two, three damage weapons. So they're doing, they're a lot more efficient than they were against them before. And since there's so many of them, especially here, you know, it's the highest uh, represented factions and they have the weapon profile to deal with all of them. So it's actually really good. Here's the window for Tau, guys. It's It's here. It's here again. <laughs> All everything's on the table. You know what Tyranid players are going to be bringing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one knows what Tau's going to be bringing. But do you think Custodes have figured out uh, how to crack the code? Because look, this there's. I did not expect to see Custodes in the th- the third spot here. I don't know what I expected to see. Probably Thousand Sons, um, but I didn't expect it to be Custodes. I mean, yeah. even though we know they were so dominant and so prevalent, you know, earlier this year, it's it's you know one of the primary things we talked about two months ago. It's true too. A lot of people they got really sad when they saw what the, the custodes got hit with and don't get me wrong it was absolutely a nerf to custodes like they got they got kicked in the balls pretty hard but they're fine like they're still they still offensively the same, exactly right offensive offensively they're there's they're the same they didn't really change that at all aside from being able to switch one of them into uh a different guitar if they need to it's, it's they lost some flexibility and a little bit of survivability but their damage output is just as good as it was and again with crusher being out their two damage profiles they don't have to worry about uh, this. these Tyranids out there. They have a good profile to kill these Tyranid monsters, too. Let's talk <laughs> about some of the top really players do. in attendance at this event. Sure. You want me to go over those ones? Then? Go for that. Yeah, go All for right, it. All right, cool. So we started off with uh, Brenton Weiss, the second in the USA right now. He's bringing Tau. So let's see what the Tau are bringing right now that we were talking about. Tau set for the Supreme Command and a double patrol. So I can, pr- I can probably do this blindfolded at this point, but it's <laughs> Shadow Sun, a Crisis Commander. Oh, Longstrike. I would have been wrong. I did not actually see Longstrike coming. Okay, okay. 10 Crute, 2 by 5 Crisis Suit, 3 Crisis Bodyguard, a Cold Star Commander, 10 Crute, 5 Crisis, and 3 Crisis Bodyguard. That's, so I heard he likes Crisis Suits. Look, I told you they were figuring out ways to dial it in, <laughs> and that maybe that Longstrike is part of that, is, is, you know, part of that code. He absolutely could be. You know, like, he's an anti-big thing. Just You can one-shot most of the monsters, too. He's actually a really good add because a lot of the, the other armies out there, they don't have a lot of long range threats, like long range shooting and things that can get across the board and through all your screens to get to long strike when they need to. So he's actually going to be pretty safe into a lot of these matchups. Like even Tyranids, aside from like their tyrant that's going to fly across the board and hopefully get to long strike. Otherwise, he will pick up something that he sees. Like if anything that pokes out to long strike, he will he will kill. 
like almost guaranteed. Yeah, and you know we don't know that what the terrain layout is. It's exactly. possible that these these players have made an educated guess about what how much functionality they're going to be able to bring to bear each and every round. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe terrain is less a factor there, or uh, again they know the aggressiveness of some of the players there that will be coming to them. That's true. That's exactly right too. So and he's got the crew in there, like twenty crew is good for just screening what he needs to, getting some objectives up there, and the amount of crisis he has, just wow. I think that's almost the max he can take. Aside, he's missing one bodyguard squad in the terms of the max of units of crisis he could take. I know Brendan. He is a he's a great player. Is going to be able to see all the angles. Mm. I, I this is. I think it'd be hard to bet against him going into this event. Yeah, I I can see that for sure. All right, then moving on to let's talk about Tyranids. Let's talk about that. So Nathaniel Bjorg 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 Bjorg. I'm just laughing at the production. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'll keep going until until somebody corrects me or I just embarrass myself to death. Uh, all right, so he's eighth in the USA. I'm sorry, Nathaniel, if I I butchered that at least. It is times. never our intent to mess it's, the names up. It's never our intent. I'm trying to be as professional as I can and trying to pronounce this, and I probably messed it up. But anyway, eighth in the USA, Tyranids with the Leviathan Battalion. So it's uh i think leviathan is going to be one of the more common ones for sure especially if you're going to go like warrior heavy which looks like he did so tyranid prime three zoanthropes for that to involve for the massive some mortal wounds two neuranthropes a flyrant nine three three warriors death leaper maliceptor three pyrovores three venomthropes two two by three more zoanthropes and an exocrine okay okay what do you think of that list, Paul? Exocrine's an interesting choice. We have not seen that uh, make its way in, but uh, I don't think I've seen that in any list. I do like all the warriors. The warriors are going to be able to give them that ground control capability. We're talking about controlling objectives. Talk about wanting to go forwards. Uh, you, you're probably going to see the, the warriors jump up and control the middle of the field and then everything else just kind of mm-hmm. moving behind it uh, and just dish out all that damage. Yeah, for sure. They can. They have a lot of survivability with Leviathan too, being permanently transhuman. They have a minus one damage strat, so they actually have a lot of play with them. And I, I really like the Excrete. It's actually one of the, I'm not going to say replacements, but kind of alternatives if you're not going to take the shooty Tyrant. Because one, you have to invest Tyrant Guard into it as well, and you have to put another detachment in there. So it's it costing you two CP, and it's costing you an extra 170 points. He's good, and he can be protected all the time. But the Excrete could do about what he can do, for less of a commitment in points, and he has exploding sixes. It, it's I, I actually still like the X screen for sure. I like that ad in there, and it saves in the CP, like I said. So I, actually, I like there, may, there may be some value right there. Uh, yeah. Is saving that, not having to go to that extra detachment, and then the, 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 basically the CP discount uh, for not uh, too much of a dis, uh, of a of a reduction in offensive capability. The, the Death Leaper, though, we, I did not see too many Death Leapers last weekend, and I've been really impressed with that unit. I love Death Leaper, and I, th- I think I've said it before, too. I think you only need either Death Leaper or the Parasite in your list. You don't need both. You can use both, but they're both tech pieces, and you generally only need the one. And it's neither one of them is the right or wrong answer. But Death Leaper shutting off any strats when you're in combat with them is a huge right now with a lot of the strats yeah. people have. Like every, it shuts off every. You can't interrupt. You can't transhuman. That's the thing. There's no interrupt, no command point reroll. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's Nothing. all kind of stuff. It's like you're just stuck. Like you're fighting me with what you got. I don't care about your stratagems. But so I I love Deathly for that. Plus, he can just go back in the deep strike too because technically with, right? with pyrovores. What we're seeing if players have pyrovores, they are bringing the pyrovores. 
Yeah, if you own them, you're bringing them. They are so valued. Like they're just huge value for 30 points in their their flame profile. I talk I talk about them every week and I will continue to talk about them because they keep showing up in lists as they should. They do great damage, they have great survivability and they're just they're so cheap for what they do. And the Venomthropes have they're another tech piece now. They're for 105 points you're getting minus 1 to hit like army wide based on if you're close enough to your guys and you can you have you get a fight last potential and you get holding and combat potential like it's so much value out of that unit <laughs> oh that's real nice i want to uh, before we go to, uh, to jack's list i want to uh, talk about what's going on in the chat yeah uh people are saying if, that at least they suspect that at least half those custodians lists are probably the the old builds from the custodians list and, yeah. and you know that could be the case i mean certainly with tournaments like this you do bring what you have and there's also something we said about you know being like sticking to your faction and sticking to your units that's actually you'll get more wins out of that than you will be jumping one flavor to the next to the next to the next uh especially you know when there's pressure on the line like at a mm -hmm. tournament that's, that's what we see the results really pan out that way most of the time yeah i'd like to think that we are the thursday show are very big proponents of uh specializing in the factions just to make because yeah when the, it doesn't matter what happens with any codexes or your codex or the meta, the missions, everything. If you know your codex, you'll be fine, and you'll be able to you'll be able to pull out the wins. Uh, yeah, and and actually, you know, that's that's one of those things. The familiarity with your actual units, what your mm -hmm. strategies are, you know, have them in your back pocket. You know, it, it, unless you're playing, you know, fifty games of Warhammer forty thousand a month, you're you're probably better off. Uh, yeah. with that that familiarity with the faction you know we, and we appreciate the folks who stick with that and yeah uh, I, I see uh, uh, Nurgle Matthew in the, in, the, in the chat speaking about uh, Death Guard and Nurgle and staying train, true to a faction uh, it's uh, right <laughs> right on cue thank you very there much you go. <laughs> yeah so let's talk about Jack so Jack uh, we, we've uh, certainly talked about his list before um, you know but largely as we know he's playing Blood Angels and this is interesting to see the switch to the Adeptus Soritas I think he played them in the last turn he went to, didn't he? He's 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 kind of been playing with them a little bit lately. I think he likes the, he's he's on a, a sister's a sister's kick right now. He did it at uh, uh, it wasn't Seattle. It was one before that, but he played it recently, and I know he did really well with it. So I, I can see him using this. Uh, let's see what he's bringing right now. So we bring in the sisters: Bloody Rose Battalion, the Hospitaller, Pension Superior, Kenaness, Morvan Val. Because you, you can't Val. you can't put this this list together without putting more involved. No, in there. Morvan I, Val I just, has to be in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Three by five battle sisters because it's a battalion. Two death cult assassins, a dogmata, eight, eight, and five. Two by five seraphim, five zephyrim, a castigator, two by ten retributors, and a rhino. Uh, it's the very head. beginning of the rhino meta. This is <laughs> it's the very, there's, there's the first rhino. That's showing up in the Rhino meta. The first one has just shown up. <laughs> so there are some tech pieces in here. I mean, what mm -hmm. do you think about the two Death Cult Assassins? I I like them for some of the things that they can do. I've seen I haven't seen them in a while, so I can't even remember. Like guys, I know they're decent in combat. But I can't even remember. Well, they have a small profile. profile, so they can be around, you know, they can hug yeah. terrain, they can certainly benefit from terrain, they can, you know. They have some kind of special rule too that I I, I want to remember. Chat. Keep me honest here. What these? Uh, there's a special rule. I think they could come in closer or something like that. But they're actually they're they're a cool tech piece because, like, like you said, the small profile being able to hide things as well is a big deal. And we don't know what the terrain is like, so having these small profiles helps you manipulate the terrain, manipulate where you need to be on the objectives. They can kind of hold an objective safely. You, you just uh, they're really cheap 
trading units too. I actually feel that everything in the sisters list is basically some kind of tech piece. Like if you really yeah. know how to get the most out of it, oh, yeah, it, will, sure. it will pull like double and triple duty for you. And if anybody can do that, Jack can, you know, we, we've seen, we're talking about, you know, you know, loyal to the faction, sticking to the faction. Um, you know, there's lots of stratagems, lots of abilities that they can pull out, uh, you know, right out of their pocket and just mm-hmm. even remembering that they exist uh, it, it, when there's pressure on the line is critical. And uh, and I think if anyone can do that, it, it, it is Jack. And there's a lot of complexity in this list, um, but like kind of deceptively fragile uh, almost. Yeah, uh, but, for sure. But not really. You think it's fragile, but then then you, fi- you figure out you just did not bring enough uh, to dig through this. Well, it's it's got a lot of MSU in there. Like, what do you think of the 2x10 retributors? Like you can't take more than four heavy weapons in there, right? I, no, you can't. That's an interesting choice. That's an interesting uh, choice. Yeah, but I mean, I guess look at it as a blade of wounds. Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things with with armor of contempt, which they benefit from. Also, right, you, you you've added the survivability of that unit. I mean, what probably like sixty seventy percent. It's true. Yeah, it, it means that you can actually put your retro on, and it's it's an interesting choice because it means the, a lot of the time they will fire at something, and kill something, and then they could still survive. So they'll yeah. be able to do it more than once. Well, you can expose them. So yeah. you know, that's one of the things to where now, you know, you don't have to necessarily be, when you have those extra wounds at the, at the increased save, you can be a little bit more cavalier with them. You can mm-hmm. be aggressive. You can jump them on the other side, you know, of a, of a ruin if, if necessary, use them, use them to screen other things if possible, charges and counter charges. Um, and yeah, I can see, um, I guess the benefit of having the additional wounds. Yeah, no, I, I could see it. For, I, I like it too. Cause everything else in the list too, three by five, two by five, they're like, mostly five mans and then two, eight man repentions. Like it's a lot of MSU. So having those two bigger bricks, it almost feels worse to fire into them because if you're firing a profile, that's ready to kill five battle sisters. You need more than that to get through those retributors. Otherwise you don't even really do anything to the unit. They're still going to have all their heavy weapons. And if you're going to put a stratagem on them, you know, I always like the extra, the mm-hmm. additional footprint you know, because, you know, get more value out of anything you do put on them. And that's actually, that's a good, that's a good question is that did armor of contempt actually help the Adeptus Oratos more than the space Marines? Um, and I, I don't know because of that toughness three, I feel like there's a lot of strength six or better weapons out there. So more than the SM is, uh, interesting question i actually do think it helped them more than space marines specifically because of that t3 because the weapon profiles you're going to fire into them are usually lower ap so their survivability is going to be going up just it's it's a it's a way to think about it i guess because again space marines and they both got the same buff right but the t3 is almost it benefits them more because of the profiles that are already gonna be firing at them i i I can see that like i'd actually love to see what the math actually is but i just Mm. feel like there is because of what people are taking to deal with things like tyranids and and like what were vehicle spams and whatever is that it's on average a higher strength weapon and so it they are they are helped but i don't know if they're helped more because more things are wounding them on twos Anyway, yeah, you know, I again, they they did get help. They absolutely got help. Oh yeah, Uh, but it it might it might just be the same amount of help. But that's, uh, (laughs) but it it also might come down to the fact that I, I know we've covered this before, and I and I don't necessarily want to cover all ground, but the it's it's really easy to mess up a sister's list Mm -hmm. if you ask me. I think you can really skew the wrong direction and kind of just 
kind of you know bring your your you're bringing flamers when you needed mm. pla, you know plasmas or melters or whatever vice versa uh and so maybe that extra save will give you an extra round to make the most out of your what what it might be your suboptimal choices for that particular matchup and so mm. the fact that the adeptus Soritas might get an ac- extra game win out of all this means it it actually might have helped them because they just needed that one extra game to get into the top bracket yep that makes sense. I might have talked myself into agreeing with you. Right, there you go. See, yeah, it just it just takes you convincing yourself times. But time. just keep talking. Just keep I will talking. Whatever, <laughs> whenever, whenever we disagree, I'll just get you to keep talking. This is just all. No, explore that. Walk around in that thought, Paul. Yeah, yeah walk around. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that a bit more. Let's, let's hear more about that. I think I think you're onto something here. <laughs> so I uh, know I kind of called my shot about who I think is bringing this down or what faction. I actually called the player too. I think I think that uh, Brenton is he's been out there putting in the work, putting in the effort, uh, and taking on some tough opponents recently. This could be his time to shine. What do you think? This towel list is actually, it's reading the meta perfectly. It's hard for me to go against it. But I'm going to. Yeah? I'm going to. Only because I actually, I like Jack's list into that. Okay. I think he has some tools in there. It's interesting because if you look at if you look at the Tau list and the sisters list, I was like, oh, the Tau just tabled. I was like, I don't know. I don't think it does. It's that I one rhino. It, it's going to yeah. give him that one rhino. That one rhino is going to make all the difference. It really Watch. is. Well, look, if they yeah. actually do make it into the finals together, I think it will be an epic, uh, epic showdown great. that people will want to check out if, if they possibly can. So, you know, keep an eye on what's happening at that uh, at a win event. I'm sure you can follow along in BCP. Next, Absolutely. we're going to be talking about is the game of Westeros. Uh, I was going to say extra large. But I believe that is uh, eleven. <laughs> the game of Westeros, extra large for Vastros. Extra people. large, extra uh, large with eighty-eight. That's extra large, all right. I like it in in Sweden, and we know that these are these are friends of the show. Uh, happy to talk about them when when these uh, big events like this come come up. Eighty-eight players, five round tournament. Give a little drum roll. A hundred percent of the players have right been in. Um, BCP that which you know means we don't have to do you know the extra homework or filling in the blanks or whatever. Really appreciate him doing that. Uh, and you know, hey, look, sometimes that gets you on the show by itself. But Dustin, let's talk about what, what we're going to see. Let's talk about that. So the Imperial Perfection, there are three sisters, four custodes, one Admech, one Astro Militarum, six Gray Knights, two Imperial Knights. The Space Marines Perfection, there's one Dark Angel, two Space Wolves, two Blood Angels, two Black Templar, one Iron Hands, one Imperial Fist, and two Death Watch. Good spread of the Space Marines, as always. Chaos Superfection, there are four Chaos Space Marines, five T-Suns, five Death Guard, and one Renegade Knight. The Xeno Superfection, four Necrons, three Orcs, eight Tau. Hive Mind Superfection, 14 Tyranids, two GSC. <laughs> the Altari Superfection, there are six Eldari, two Drukari, one Harlequin, and five Asuriani. The faction podium being the Tyranids, 14, and then the Biocliff to Tau at 8, and the Grey Knights and Eldari tied at 6 in third. We didn't talk about Eldari on the, in the last tournament rundown, you know, largely because there were those, those um, you know, big big uh, chunks of factions that we, we had to address, but Eldari mm-hmm. have all, all the, like, when we talk about Adeptus Oratas having tools, the Eldari oh, absolutely yeah. have all the tools. The they, there is, there's nothing um in the Eldari book that isn't effective against everything out there in the field. Uh, I am surprised we have not seen more of them, but maybe because they just haven't drawn in one of those big wins yet, like a huge win. It's true, but they have the potential to do it, right? And, oh, the... uh, 
Nick Nick won recently. Oh yeah, he absolutely did. Yeah. No, but but see, Nick's the combination of we know Nick's a great player, right? And a, and a great list. But I mean, out there, as far as like you could look at you could look at one of those lists and you're like Wraith Lord, man, I don't know if I'm doing that. You know, that's what the average <laughs> oh, yeah, player is I, thinking. Oh, yeah, right? Okay, okay, I, I see what you're saying. I, I get it. Yeah, no, that makes so sense. So I think. The Eldari, you know, I think they got to figure players have to figure out a way to make that, you know, what you can do in that list, I think, accessible. Uh, and, and we're probably pretty much, you know, we're almost there, custom. They probably need a few more events. You know, this is really an evolving meta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely an evolving meta. It's actually a good one, too, aside from, you know, right now we're dealing with our tiered overlords. And I, for one, welcome our new tiered overlords. Beyond, I know you'd yeah, be the first people. one, but like, can I hand one, out some pamphlets? Have you heard the word of the overlord the overmind let's just, let's just talk about this for a second but uh i there it's actually a lot of people complain about it but i actually love where the meta is headed right now it's in a good place right now there's just a few things that people need to deal with like tyrannids obviously they're in a really yeah. strong spot well, right t- now tyrannids hard, but... it's it's a faction favorite like people yeah. love tyrannids so it's like i'm really i'm almost like happy that they're getting all this attention and spotlight and players can really bring their collections off the shelf and onto the table like it's just mm-hmm. and this will only be a matter of time before it equals out people will yeah. figure out the way to deal with them they will figure out what the what the the magic combination of weapons from their codex on whatever profiles they need to give themselves a way to hang in there mm-hmm. um you know so well speaking of hanging in there and what we're going to see and what people have chosen to bring what are some of the top players in attendance and what are they bringing okay i'm going to apologize ahead of time for all of these swedish names i'm sorry guys i'm going to try my best okay so the top players we have in attendance here number one we're going to talk about is carl Abrahamson. That's probably supposed to say that with an accent, but that's how it reads right now. Maybe, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe, maybe I, I probably shouldn't. I'll probably just make it worse if I do that. So seventh in Scandinavia with Grey Knights, one of the Grey Knights players there, which there was quite a few of, if you remember. It's a Rapier's Battalion with a Chaplain, a Tech Marine, Grandmaster Dread Knight, three by five strikes, five, ten, ten interceptors, and three Dread Knights. This looks very familiar. It does, and, and I like the interceptors, and I think... A, and that's one of those things that I think is has been kind of the uh, the balance. Like, do do players lean into the interceptors, or do they they lean in, uh, you know, like terminators and more strike squads? Mm. I, I I think probably going to be better off in the interceptors. I think interceptors have always really been the answer, and I still like the dread knights. I actually, yeah, the fact the fact that you can't split them off into like sword bears with the dread knights, yeah, that hurts, but it. Really, it doesn't make that big of a difference. Like, come on, it's not huge. If it's it's use a little bit of a buff, but look at what the custodes got hit with in the last the last uh, update. So can't complain about that, right? They're still well, the Dread Knights have all the white rep right weapon profiles. Yeah, they do. Like they're actually they're still really good. And uh, these two up saves four up involves like four up involves is a very big thing in the meta right now. And they have the weapon profiles in close combat that deal with some of the bigger things that the, the interceptors have a little bit mm-hmm. more trouble dealing with sometimes, even aside from volume attacks. But again, now that all the minus one damage stuff from the crushers going away, these dread knight weapon profiles are really efficient. That's a great point. <laughs> I really hadn't thought about that. Is that the, the neg one damage yeah. is, is much more rare in the environment now than it, uh, than, I mean, what you're actually going to see at most tournaments, mm-hmm. it's a little more uh, rare in the environment. Yeah, absolutely. You're not going to see it in uh, Dark Dark Elder very often. They're not going to see it in ta- or Tyranids, aside from some card effects. You're not going to see that much Death Guard, but you will see some of it. So it's not nearly as prominent. Generally speaking, against like Death Guard, you have the Mortal Wounds to kind of deal with that. So they have they have the profiles to deal with the current meta. Like Grey Knights are actually decent. Plus, Armor of Contempt, man. Like they they're in a good spot. They're in a really yeah. good spot. 
I think uh, I don't know if we got this that we can talk about, but uh, but K.R. Quinn mentioned that that the the dude playing Imperial Fist, I think that we talked about that when the last time this tournament came around, uh, might have been might have been at this tournament win if he's still there holding it down. Oh, is is that is that Imperial Fist there? I'm looking back there. Uh, there is one. There Imperial is the Fist. one. The, what's it? Yeah, that's the one. Okay, okay. Pro- probably the same. I hope I hope it is hanging in there. I hope it there. is <laughs> hanging in there. I love it. <laughs> oh, what's who? Who do you have next? We have. Dag Samuelson. Nailed it. Ninth of Scandinavia. Tyrion is... Oh, here's another Leviathan. Tell me if you've heard this one before. Double Patrol. Northrop Flyrant. 933 Warriors. A Balasceptor, Scepter. Three Tyrant Guards. So there's going to be another Tyrant here at least. Three three Zoanthropes. Two Harpies. A Flyrant. A second Flyrant. Yeah. So he's got two Flyrants. Okay. Four Warriors. Another four Warriors. And uh, four Raveners. That, that's a lot. Uh, I, I wonder if, again, a... a, cho- a this list was built around like some model availability. Maybe who knows? Probably not. If you're the ninth ranked player in the country, uh, probably know, you know, have this dialed in to be exactly what you want it to be. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the, the one <clears throat> flying tyrant, uh, basically because, you know, with the t- tyrant guard you still can't get at it. If you choose that way. Yeah. I mean, you can run in, kill something in close combat and then fly back to the tyrant guard to be protected. Or fly off the board. Yeah, fly know? off the board with the strategy. Yeah, yeah. Why not? It just that's why having two of them you can do that with, right? It's it's interesting to have two flyers. Usually you see a flyer and a, a walking shooty tyrant. Maybe this maybe the second flyer is shooty, but just well, he's got the harpies. Them. So the harpies can put out a, a, a pretty good amount of damage. Also, the harpies, so. the harpies are actually really people underestimated their damage output. Like they have two venom cannons each, and they drop bombs. Like they, yeah, or, or just or a flyover. Cool. They don't. I mean, it's, they don't even have to. And it's every turn. It's not a one every turn, turn thing. Yeah. with the uh, with the bombs, it's flyovers. Like really, I I love the harpies right now. I I, I actually the, I know why people don't take them a lot of the time, and that's because you don't want to just put something out there that can just get shot off the board. But if you look at some of these lists, how many lists do you see that have guns that can shoot a harpy off the board on turn one? No, like, I'm actually kind of like anything you could kill with heavy bolters. I was like, just like never take it. Yeah. Uh, but now no one's ever, you know, people aren't still aren't taking heavy bolters. So, you know, true. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's true. I, I love the harpies right now. So they make perfect sense to me that having more, more flyers is just more flying stuff. I love the warriors too. The warriors and Leviathan just, they're just durable. Like I said. Yeah. Great comment. The harpies did a lot of work. They also came down to skill the players, some excellent players yeah. from, uh, from the Tyranids. They are, and, they, they're very uh, skill heavy unit for sure. Well, and, and then, you know, mm-hmm. what we saw is that is basically like threat overload. Mm-hmm. And that's probably what's going to happen in this. And that can happen with the list, this list as well is that, um, you know, big, any, anytime you have big models or whatever, their job, their real job in the first um, couple turns of the game is to remove the pieces that can actually affect them. Yeah. That way, if you have them later in the rounds, like round four and round five, you know, they're basically playing cleanup. They're unstoppable yeah. at that point. And, yep. you know, if you talk about a high skill unit, if you can do something like that, uh, that's what you're trying to engineer in the first few turns of the game while you're scoring points. And and, and DAG's list absolutely has what it takes to score oh, points. Oh, for sure. And the thing is, too, like I point out because people are saying the Harpies did work at the GW event. You know, they have so many plays that go with them. Like a Harpy, you can throw a Harpy over, bomb something, shoot with all their guns, and then score, engage in all fronts with it, and put it into deep strike. Yeah. All in the same turn. Yeah, yeah, it can, like, it can get value. pretty frustrating. And, and I will say though that the bombs, you know, they they're great for dishing out some wounds, like a, just like additional like plus plus wounds or whatever. Yep. But because of the retrieve knockman data, you know, 
most people aren't taking smaller units they're taking yes. larger units and so you're not able to kind of wipe them off the table you actually kind of dedicate r- real resources to them uh i love the comment from artemis steve is that uh well skill or luck has never been on their side well <laughs> you know you get you got to hang in there because later on we have the the fuego rapido segment is all about superstitions and friday the 13th <laughs> so that's that's the kind of comments we need going into into that because uh, you know we'll see we'll see what it draws out. Stick around, uh, Steve, This is this is for you. This flag goes for you, buddy. <laughs> What's next? Next we have Thomas Christensen. Hey, I nailed these uh, these Scandinavian names. All right, this is good. I, I think you guys serve some softballs. I, I think we good. need to. No, 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 this is fine. These are the hardest names to pronounce. This is perfect. I just, I just nailed it. Tenth, tenth in Scandinavia. I screwed up the country though. The Chaos Space Breed. Oh, we pulled this Chaos Space Breed list. That's awesome. Iron Warriors, double patrol with a master possession. The opposite sorcerer. of the Imperial Fist. Maybe this is <laughs> this dude's nemesis. Maybe he is. Five Chaos Space Breed, two Decimator Engines, two Venom Crawlers, two Lord Discordants, five more Chaos Space Breeds. Another decimator engine. That's three decimator engines, <laughs> a dreadclaw, a mauler fiend, and three obliterators. I, I love this. Oh my god! It's almost weird that the obliterators are the only thing I find objectionable here. Is you'd have some what? other mom- <laughs> <laughs> The obliterators are what you find objectionable. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I actually like. I like this list. I think it. We actually saw uh, Iron Warriors over the weekend do really well like it, yeah. it, it, so what it came down to was basically just one bad round of conversion like wasn't able to to to, to make get some wounds through when it when it when it like it was supposed to and and then just didn't put up some saves right when you needed it to but it was in position to tear down tyranids this is no exaggeration no hyperbole iron warriors you know, due th- to g- great generalship, interesting army choices, army list choices. They had like a Charybdis in the in the list. It was, you know, it was pretty brutal. Yeah, but it was in I- position to take down Tyranids, and that that's why you can't count out the pilots and these things. And so, you know, I mentioned I was, of course, being a little bit bit silly, saying that I found the obliterators objectable. No, they can put out <laughs> a ton of work. Uh, but there's 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 definitely some synergy here in this in this list in all the choices. Absolutely. So what do you think goes in the Dreadclaw? Because I love Dreadclaws. I actually think they're really, they're really solid units. What do you uh, think goes in there? That's a good question. It's, it's, it's got to be the Master of Possession. Like, I'm... Just, um, just, the master, just this one guy, this whole drop pod yeah. for himself. <laughs> well, I think you can put the Obliterators in there too and not have to spend any resources. Okay. Yeah, and they come in turn one. Yeah, so I think it's definitely okay. the, the master okay. possession of the obliterators are right. there. I can see that. All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I like that. I just love the dreadclaw itself because the fact that it's actually like dangerous on its own. Maybe that's <laughs> what it was instead of the crib instead of the cribs is the dreadclaw. But yeah, uh, you know, it's got it's got missiles. It can kill a harpy by itself. I mean, it can. It's, it can assault. It could. It could. Uh, it can compete in two phases. It's a dr- it's, well, I guess technically in the movement phase also. Yeah, it it's can. a drop pod that can c- compete. Yeah. And uh, you don't you don't get that very often. No, you don't. It's actually pretty cool. <laughs> we were talking about the last one. I, I haven't seen many things that can come in and kill kill a harpy on turn one. Like, well, uh, a dreadclaw full of obliterators can yeah. <laughs> absolutely can. <laughs> yeah, and then you you know you got you backed up some of the other stuff like Lord Discordant will go in and kill lots of warriors. Yes, it has great profiles for for killing those uh, medium level tyrannids. Lord Discordants have always had a really good profile. This meta, it was a lot of uh, 
people were worried about the terrain some of the times and some of the things they were firing against. But uh, I think they actually might have a good spot in the meta right now, just in terms of what they need, what they're going to be fighting. Their their weapon profile is good, and their defensive profile is decent too. Yeah. So, what do you think is pulling this down? What faction do you think is pulling this down? Oh, I like that. Uh, I like that tiered list because I like the harpies and I like the the fire. It's, that's. I, I think I think uh, Dag's got it. Uh, okay, you're you're. That's a it's a good safe bet. I'm gonna go a little bit riskier and say thousand suns. Ooh. Yeah, five thousand suns players in an 88 person event, five rounds. Uh, you know, over the course of five rounds, you you know you're you're probably playing Tyranids a couple times, so you know you're going you're, what you're going into. Thousand suns can't oh, yeah. do it. They absolutely can. They they uh, they have they're one of the two armies I'm saying have a really good matchup in them. Uh, Suriani being the other one. And, and this is so. What, if it if this was a six round eight round event, I don't know that I would pick Thousand Suns. But I think there's you know there's there is a path to victory, even even easier for one of these Marine armies that have been just just on you know the the, the cusp in a shorter. And I'm using air quotes. If you're listening to this on the podcast later, I apologize, but I'm definitely good radio here. Shorter event. Okay, so you think they have the short game down? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely do. I think okay. I think they can get through. They can bust through one of those factions. You know, one of one of the what we consider outlisted. You know, they're outstatted. They're 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 uh, they can get through maybe one or two of those games where three or four of those games is a bridge too far. But in a in a five round event or heck even a three round event, I think the path is is I don't say easier for them because they still got to play. You still got to play. Course. You know, the game, but it is more likely that they can navigate that in a shorter event. Yep. I can, I'm done with that. Okay. That, that's a good, that's a good point. You're, you're convincing me. See, keep talking. <laughs> this is what always happens. This is what happens. <laughs> uh, let's, before we get to our last is our team tournament where our man Camilleri mm. is competing. Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh, get a word from our sponsoring real quick. At frontline gaming, we make the best tabletop gaming mats in the universe. Our mats are durable, rollable, foldable, wipeable, and storable. Oh, and they look damn great, too. Join the thousands of tournament regulars and garage gamers who use our mats to bring their gaming surfaces to life. To ensure quality, Frontline Gaming mats are custom-made one at a time. Printed with high-quality ink, our immersive designs stay crisp and are available in a wide range of styles and sizes. So whether you're playing a war game or skirmish game, whether you're fighting over an alien tundra, fantastical forest, or real-world setting, there's a great-looking battlefield for you. Our gaming mats are printed on extremely durable neoprene backing, so they won't slide around the table, and they're thick enough to stay flat, protecting what's underneath and allowing for slight uneven surfaces. We know from experience that an easily portable gaming surface is just better. Every mat comes with a sturdy nylon zip-up bag for storage and transportation. Whether your next battle is in your home or at the local game store, you'll be able to unroll your FLG mat and get gaming right away. Our products are all made and tested by passionate gamers at Frontline Gaming HQ right here in the USA. It's time to take your battlefield to a new level. Frontline Gaming, champions of tabletop. We are back. Thanks for checking out that ad. Uh, don't forget to check out the sponsors and also check out the other shows on the network. Uh, lots of quality content on this network. If you're just listening to us, you should be listening to some of those other folks. I got some great shows uh, throughout the week. Help to, you know, 
you know, get through the day. You know, what are you going to do? We be working otherwise? Who, who, who works during the day when there's Warhammer stuff going on? Like, come on, be honest. Oh, uh, I was actually talking with, um, and I, that's I was when we were talking about the the high the the tyranny choices, and I, I was in a conversation with someone about the the tendrils of the high fleet, mm-hmm. and and I talk a lot I'm about interested. Warhammer forty thousand. I was and I was going to reference who I was talking about. But I couldn't remember the exact situation. I was like, which show? Was it on Forge's narrative? It was like, were we talking about the High Fleet? Is that, and, I, and it may be the one coming out this week, but is, are the tendrils, are like the Viathan and Behemoth and Kraken, are they tendrils of like a larger, whatever the actual infinite biomass is out there? Well, see, that's that's one of the theories, but it's not proven, right? That's one of the, that's one of the mysteries of the Tyranids. It's one of the really cool parts about it too. Like, I love the Tyranid fluff. I love it. It's one of the reasons I play Tyranids and Genius they're called. It's one of the reasons I'm actually more of a G-Circle cult player because, yeah, I worship the Tyranids. I, I understand what happens to me when, when they actually arrive at the planet. I don't care. I understand. I know my role, okay? Yeah. I, I play it well. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I get it. I can appreciate the, uh, the the fact that you are true to that. Uh, and it comes through, again, we're talking about also we related to play. Faction expert can really make things happen on the table when you know your army. It, it's uh, it's a big deal too. I just know the fluff. It helps just to fall in love with the army, so you don't get bored with the army, even playing on the table. If you're just having this narrative in your head, it kind of helps too. Well, we talk a lot about about the meta, uh, you know, and and that's what you know, kind of what we need to stay narrow focused on. What we're actually going to see at these tournaments. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, when you, when you go back and look at what's actually winning these things most of the time, or doing well placing, you know, it's folks that really spend a lot of time with their armies. Hundred percent. 100%. Next event we have to talk about here is the Australian New Zealand New Zealand Team Championship, the ANZ Team Champs from Medawee, New South Wales, Australia. It's a 64-player, eight-team event, eight teams of eight, five-round event. Ooh. This is where each one of the states, I think it's the states, I think they're called states. Uh, the state? Yes, I think it is. Look, as we know, terrible at geography uh, you know, it Dona. takes place in London. Yeah. Uh, but they send a team from each state to battle it out to see uh, truly who's the best of the best uh, on the continent. And I think that's pretty cool. Tell us what we're going to see there. That That is actually really awesome too. Uh, so quick and dirty stats here. The Imperial Super Faction. And again, because there are eight teams, you can't see any more than eight of a single faction, right? So keep that in mind when we go through these. Imperial Subjection, there are five sisters, three custodes, two admac, one Astro Militarum, five Grey Knights, and one Imperial Knight. So all but three teams took Grey Knights. One Dark Angel, one Blood Angel, one Ultramarine, one Raven Guard, one Iron Hands, and one Death Watch. That means six teams have Space Marines. Only two I, of them I think we know who that, that Dark Angel is. Who is that Dark Angel player? Who is it? Some some guy named Camilleri, maybe? The Chaos Superfaction, there are two Chaos Space Marines, five T-Suns, two Death Guard. Xeno Superfaction, one Necron, eight Tau. Every team took a Tau player. And Hive Mind Superfaction, there are eight Tyranids. Every team took a Tyranid player, too. So that tells you're, you where the meta is right now. <laughs> you, with um, You pretty much have to, I think. You have I to. think you that you, you, you have to come up with a, just such a strong argument not to. And yeah. I don't know that you can come up with a strong argument not to when you're trying to fill out eight teams. If you were just dealing doing five teams maybe you could that's where it comes down to it because with eight teams like you're sorry eight player teams you 
you have uh, a lot more leeway in some of the like you actually have to stretch for some of these armors sometimes. Not not stretch, but you have choices. With five, it's usually pretty cut and dry. I think like there's there's at least there's three auto includes in every team mm -hmm. right now. Then two kind of eh, we could do it because we have a faction expert or whatever. With eight players though, that's there's a lot of leeway with what you could do. The fact that every single team took a towel and and a tyranid, it's still not surprising because they're just so so strong right now, especially yeah. in the teams. They're bully lists, and there's still two GSE players. My boys. Well, you can you can take so with, with the talent tyranids, you you functionally don't have bad matchups, you know, and yeah. unless they're very skewed towards dealing. With those, which well, yeah, are, which is exactly, yeah, because I mean, your uh, opponents are skewed towards something, which, yeah, which is very possible. To be. So it's a good point what you're saying too, because with Tau and Tyranids right now, because they're some of the top armies in the meta right now, you could just take an all comers list, like your singles list, and there's your team list. You're done. You don't have to skew yeah. or build it differently at all. You just bring the singles list. But there are other armies like Dark Angels and stuff where you usually will skew it a little bit more to a team event to be able to fight certain things that you know you're going to see there. Like every because every team is going to be bringing Tau and Tyranids, and I think every team understands that. Every team will probably be bringing probably two lists, if not more, skewed to fight those specific armies. Yeah. Well, this is the first time this event has been run uh, since 2019, obviously due, due to COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. The defending champs are Queensland, and they're expected to do very well again, uh, with a possible contender being New South Wales, uh, fielding uh, what they think is their, their strongest side. So, I mean, that's it's nice that there's like some rivalries, and there's some bragging rights, mm -hmm. and this, this, this means a lot. They're using the full-on WTC oh, beautiful. Uh, pack, you know, which which we know there's a, uh, you know, that's it's people people have feelings about that. They do. Australia, they're, they're always uh, contenders in WTC too. Like they, they take it seriously. They know what they're doing. They're a really strong team. So uh, this is practice for them. This is. Yeah, it is. It, it really is. So that, but that's how they'll be doing the pairings. That's how they'll be doing the table layouts. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's the terrain rules that in the faction selection that yeah. they'll, they'll be using. Uh, so, you know, look, these, these teams are coming to mean a business. So uh, what, <laughs> I think we have some insight into a couple teams. What are we going? What are we going to be seeing? We do. I didn't go over the Eldari Super Faction quickly. Oh, ha, sorry, I jumped in. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about that. The, we have this one Eldari, five Drakari, three Harlequins, and four Asirian. So it's still spreads was not too different. There. Keep it, it just, us on track. Keep it us on track. I, I, I jumped the gun, man. I know you get excited. I was excited to talk about the teams too. We're, we're almost there. We're almost there. So the podium is Tau and Tyranids matching it with every single team having one. Then Space Marines with all but two teams having those and then just a bunch of fives so it's like the faction podium isn't it's not as uh surprising i just like i like pointing out how many teams didn't take a certain faction win like yep they're very popular so i like i like having that out there so some teams that we are going to go over queensland that's one of the ones we pulled out and i like this because the first list listed on here is gsc defending champs right defending champs and it's a hive cult list gsc players are you here for this because you're going to like this because i approve this list it's a triple patrol mass msu triple patriarch that's right love it three it has three units of ridge runners for to the last options and just an amazing points getters like for those of you that don't know hive cult their main benefit is that you can shoot and do actions without without uh failing the action you just get to shoot and do actions so you make a shooty list and you get your points so you're still doing damage and getting points while you do it that makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they also have a Death Guard list, so Materians, Anvil, Battalion, so Anvil is a key word here. Literally 30 Blight Lords. 
with full cast of supporting characters. I'm down. It just it just stands there and doesn't doesn't make any points. I mean, look, I, I don't know does. why that that you know that that is what you want. I mean, especially yeah. with the you know the huge benefit uh, from from the new from the rules changes and the objective secured. You know, in, in addition to the armor contempt. So like, just you're putting the onus on your opponent to come take those objectives from you, mm-hmm. and not every list has the ability to do it. And sometimes you just roll well. Yeah, I mean that happens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that definitely happens. So uh, there's also have the Drakari list in there with Prophets of Flesh, at two Cult of Stripe patrols. So another, it's it's a old school Drakari list. So it's mass MSU with everything kept cheap as chips. That was, that was nothing Adam, over 120. That, that was an Adam comment. I'm sorry, I probably didn't read that very well. But cheap as chips. There you go. So three. That's a phrase. The last option. It's a phrase. I, I have heard it. I've just never said it, and it felt weird. <laughs> There's ten venoms with obsec in them, so it's it's a great uh, MSU Dracarlis, old school to get points. It's it's what it's what it does. It's great at it. Then there's a thousand sunless. I think these are great for team events too. It's a cult of mutation battalion, which uh, cult I of actually mutation. Like, yeah. I, I you could. I I do not know what that does. No, the cult of the, the main reason I usually see it taken is it's the one that uh, can stop something. It gives half movement and half charge. You can't advance on a piece of terrain. Oh, okay. So it slows people down a lot. So instead of giving like the, to teleport to give yourself movement, you just slow down your opponent's movement. I like it. I do like it. Well, there's obviously a theme here, I think, with with the fact that he has just so many uh, rubric Marines on the table yeah. that you probably want to keep your opponent away. You're basically, if, if that works at all, you've bought yourself an additional turn, which gives you an additional round exactly. of, of dishing out tons and tons of damage. Exactly. So it's, yeah, nine by five rubrics and two by five spawns. So exactly what you're saying. It just wants to keep you away, away from him as po- long as possible, taking pot shots and doing all the mortal wounds to you as you slowly try to trudge towards it. Yeah. Well, and the bolter fire too. I mean, like everything the adds fire, yeah, up ex- in, in that unit. Or sorry, in this army. Absolutely. And then, and then the, I know we haven't gotten there yet, but spawn. Like I know I jumped in. I'm just excited to talk about some of these lists because I think they are <laughs> truly innovative and, and uh, representative of the, the team event like mentality. Uh, these are things, some of these choices you would not see in a singles event expecting to do, you know, to go eight, no, or whatever. Uh, but you can do yeah. that here because you're playing coll- cumul- collaboratively, cum- you know, you're, you're, you're playing cooperatively on your team uh, for points and every, every person on the team is, is playing a role. Uh, and so, you know, you really can, even if you lose your individual game, if you hold it to a super tight margin, you may have, help your team advance with an overall victory. Yeah, exactly. That's why I, I stand by the fact that team events are just, they're the pinnacle of 40k. So yeah, I love so. it. Highly recommend. Then next they have a Suriani Hail of Doom, Masterful Shots Patrol, and Outrider. So this is this is a pretty standard list. I think it's essentially Eldar Good Stuff, Double Units of Hawks, Banshees, Windriders, Dire Avengers, with three Falcons. Ooh, three Falcons. Yeah, okay. that's good. Falcons uh, Falcons are also in this format really great. You know, mm. when we've seen them actually be used in singles competition, I mean, you know, maybe onesie, twosies, not three Falcons, but being able to bring down all the um, that, that well, the hell of doom and the masterful shots being able to put, bring them in turn one and just completely cripple your opponent, you know, mm. maybe collapse a flank, maybe, maybe surprise people because they just aren't, nobody's used to screening anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't think people know how to screen anymore. It's, it's only oh, been God. six months, but it's like a lost art. It is. It is a lost art. I can speak from experience because I have uh, a lot of things that run up to the front of the board of people and, Nobody, nobody's ready for it anymore. Like they, screening these, is something you can practice by yourself. It is something you should, you should practice yeah. screening. 
you can yeah. absolutely like uh, there's you know tell people all the time to to like actually put the models on the table mm-hmm. position figure out exactly what coherency is what does what what can you do with the with this with the physics of your unit um so you don't get got by a bunch of dire avengers and falcons that's right <laughs> like it's like it's 19 you know 97 you know <laughs> <laughs> that's how long it's been what was when, when did the cloud strike first come it was fifth edition no seventh edition Oh wow, that wasn't that long ago at all. 1997, Paul. The Falcon's wow. an old model, so I don't. It is exactly an old model. Yes, I have. I have one of the original ones there. I love it. Uh, next up, we have a towel list that everybody has. So it's blocking tigers play for their custom sept. See below for notes. All right, control and vanguard <laughs> spicy list with the usual crew cloud and five small and one large crisis units. Okay, so one large crisis unit and then five minimal. So he has as many crises you can take in terms of units. It's just a lot of, uh, it's another point getter too. We're still doing a lot of damage too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at night notes below. Yeah. So the battle suits use the nine wounds or less count as three models for objective scoring. Uh, so you got the suits, you know, 10 or more count as five. Uh, if a core unit makes a charge move, they gain an objective secured. Perfect. We read the notes. We followed the instructions. This is good. <laughs> it makes sense now. <laughs> and then they have a guard list. Cadian Battalion and Spearheads. So it's an artillery list because why not? It's guard. Three tank commanders with mortars galore and one of the, all six infantry squads decked out because it's free. Why not? Two Medusa carriages from Forge World add the spice. Yeah. This is awkward reading somebody else's notes on these sometimes. I mean, <laughs> well so this is another thing it's with the with the tank commanders uh and then the six infantry squads which you know are, are completely maxed out yeah. uh with with all the weaponry and then you you've got uh the medusa carry i think the medusas uh what's i they're think the they're it's a, what's that they're they're the big ones they're the strength yeah. 10 negative yeah five. it's, they're, it's they're, the they're super heavy heavy shots yeah like you're gonna you're gonna make people really i think nervous with them on the table oh for sure yeah they're, they're the they're the demolisher artillery like they they do a lot of if they when they when they connect they will kill big things it's actually yeah. the artillery list i feel like that's actually one of the things that's supposed to deal with some of the tyranids because the profiles they have on those can shred when they connect when and they say if you know if um if they don't make an invulnerable save they're basically picking up all models yeah <clears throat> that's one of the reasons that the uh tyranids have to have venom tropes in their list a lot of the time because it lists like this yeah <laughs> And then we got Tyranids. And then we have Tyranids. So a Yorgamunder double patrol. It's a super psychic list, because why not? 15 zone tropes with heats of medium bugs, because like Raveners, Warriors. So they can play defense. A Flyrant and a big Ravener unit to keep the opponent honest. Yeah, so they got a big Ravener unit too, and lots of Warriors in there. It's, R- it's a lot of... incredibly right? fast moving. Uh, mm-hmm. Can can really tear things up. They can, I mean, they have, de- they have decent shooting and like a number, a decent volume of shots, and they just tear yeah. things up in combat. Yeah, there's three strength five negative two shots each. Well, I'm assuming it gives them death spitters because it's free. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's uh, pretty I good. do like this skew. This is another thing. The team, your team event, kind of affords you the option of really leaning into things that you would not necessarily yeah. take in a singles event, like we talked talked about. So, it's 15 zoanthropes. That is a lot of zoanthropes. That is a lot of very reliable psychic powers. That uh, makes me happy seeing that many zoanthropes because that was my list. Yeah, many moons ago, and then I mean I know that I think they took a they took a hit on their vulnerable saves, so they're only at a four plus instead of a yeah. three plus. Yeah, but still, that's a lot of wounds. And but sometimes, they gained a wound. Yeah, so four wounds instead of three. Yeah, that's something. And, and then which with that many, I think you're going to be hard pressed to 
render that army uh, use ineffective early. In oh the yeah, game. I think they're going to be they're going to win the trade war with you. You mm-hmm. have to figure out a, a different way of winning that game. Yeah, it's interesting to see a tiered list that skews a little bit because they're one of the ones that we're talking about that can bring a single list and be fine. But this is good because people aren't going to be ready to fight this kind of a tiered list. The amount of mortal wounds that Zonthos put out is obnoxious. All right. Let's hear about uh, uh, West Australia born and raised. West Australia born and raised. They have a tiered list. So Leviathan double patrol, good all rounder, two flyer and MSU warriors, two by four zone throws and a malice scepter. So pretty standard list there. They have a Dracari list with artists of flesh, triple patrol, rack city, rack, rack city. <laughs> oh my God. Adam, why do you do this to me? Those eight by 15 racks. And then a lot of MSU bits and pieces. So it's 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 a blocker list. You're just going to have all kinds of tough racks on the table to gain your get your points and prevent your opponent from doing anything. Then they have a Chaos Soup, Word Bearers Battalion with a Slash Patrol. Okay, it's back from two years ago. Wow. Possessed Bam, 59 of them with all the supporting cast and Demon Jank. So, that's so I think cool I think what we're that. talking about here is uh, there was a list where we we ran, f- well, I think it was the, the Nopin, maybe. Uh, or some some event where there was it was a it was it was basically all possessed that that would basically right. run it, run across the field and That's just right. tear into folks yeah, we saw a high level that. play of word bearers versus gray knights uh that has to be what this uh same must be the same player that's awesome yeah that's great i, I love that that's actually a really cool list and then you have uh, Sisters Bloody Rose Battalion, so all the MSU aggression, three units of repension, Zephyrus plus uh, Vol, of course, and three Paragon suits. Okay, cool. So it's pretty like, standard aside from the Paragon suits. That's a cool ad. I like that. A Paragons, again, also benefit from the Armor of Contempt. So, you know, yeah. maybe that's what they needed to, to make them viable because I, I love the way the models, if you ask me, I think they're a lot more useful than they have been, like, than the results seem to indicate, which means I'm probably wrong. But uh you know that this may be what they needed to push them into into that functional category mm-hmm. yeah for sure and then they have uh gray knights prescient brethren battalion so msu power armor to the max 11 by 5 gray knight marines so i'm guessing strike marines are just yeah. a variation yeah various variations so they got some strike interceptors and plus the obligatory grandmaster and drago just because yeah drago drago's a beast still a beast when like, drago does yeah hits hard has psychic powers uh Buffs the army around them, like, yeah. There's no reason not to take Drago if you're taking Grey Knights, yeah. uh, and it. I guess you can make a, a case for more uh, Grandmaster or Dread Knights or Dread Knights in general, but Drago is still very solid. Yep. Nope. That's uh, definitely not a, not a bad choice at all. And then another Thousand Suns uh, Battalion, Cult of Time Battalion this time. So of course it's thirty Scarab Occult Terminators. Cult of Time oh. is is the one. You know, I know it's. It's, it may seem you know counterintuitive, but it heals. Like basically, yeah. it turns back the clock on the yeah. unit. And so, if you have thirties of things that will not, don't like to die, won't die anyway, uh, and then bringing them back, uh, I, I'm willing to bet that this this player probably doesn't lose more than two units. Like there oh, will always sure. be ten, at least ten of Scarabacal Terminators Absolutely. at the end of every game. And this is this is a kind of list too. We've talked about it before too. If, if you're playing against it, uh, a boar the witch is a trap. Just, just, just don't. <laughs> that is like we saw assassination also be uh, a trap. Yeah, absolutely, like, it is. That's just seeing that be something that is not converting to points for players. Mm-hmm. And so I know we talked a lot about the army list that you're that you're going to be facing out there and how to beat them. But you know, I think 
like the trick to scoring more points is not taking an assassination. Yep. Absolutely. Putting too much power in your opponent's hands. I, I have I have a tip for anybody that plays me on the table. I put seven characters in a lot of my lists. It's a trap. It's a trap. Totally, Don't do it. <laughs> I'm totally take it as that. I can't. I can't not do it. Don't do it. It's a trap. Everybody does. does see, it. it feels. It feels like you should be doing it. And, it really and that's does. actually an easy question that you can throw out to your your opponent. Like, how many characters? Okay, I guess I'm just taking assassination. I don't know if I want to take, you know, uh, grind them down or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a trap. Yeah. There's, it, there's in that, in very that's, few situations where you actually like assassinate is a good choice for you. There are times. But it's rare because it puts the power in your opponent's hand. Yeah, when you're playing against like Gaunt's Ghost. Yeah. But no, seriously, real talk. That like the this is not anecdotal. Like we've seen lots and lots of score sheets. It seems to be uh, a trap. So yeah, can, for sure. Really, but when you're cons- when you're thinking about taking it uh, at your next event, really take a pause and see mm-hmm. if it's the right thing to do. Yeah, there's. Only a few situations that it works. So generally speaking, you're going to get it if you're tabling your opponent. And if you're doing that, you're usually winning anyway. So just just, just food for thought because we, we, we like to educate on the Thursday show as well. You know, we like to help out. So then they have a towel list because everybody does. Farsight, Jump Patrol, 3x3, three three Forge World Hazard Suits. What the heck are those? Plus- uh, those are the ones that like... Double yeah, the, burst. The, oh, so they're anti horde. Okay, so it's a skew talus. All right. Plus uh, two by five crisis. I thought they bringing... move faster too. I have but... to. I have to make sure I, I say this because I don't put it in here. Two by five crisis bringing the chunk. That's right. I like it. Okay. And then to, fu- to round out their team, they have a harlequin list, a dark battalion, six by five troops with three one one void weavers, and then enough boats for everybody. Pretty pretty standard. Pretty standard dark battalion. That's that, that's a singles harlequin list, so it, it just it'll just do well. That's just it will do well. We know it will do yeah. well, and they will they will be able to very few bad matchups, mm-hmm. which is kind of what you want to do. You want to make it to where you, you try to design your list, and especially in team events, to where you you figure out a way to minimize your bad matchups. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not easy. No, um, but it can be taking like a, a just a, a rock solid singles list you can you can get, typically get by with that although we know this team is not wanting to get by they're wanting to take heads off oh yeah uh, so you can tell with the rest of their list is that they have planned to create um what they hope is terrible situations for their opponents yeah they made some good skew lists in here and they have some good uh lists that, like all comers like the harlequin list could just take anything that they, they, they don't really yeah. care and actually i i don't i think the chaos soup can go into almost anything that's a, that's a bully list almost like a lot of people can look it, at this i don't know if i can fight that i'm not kidding i saw it do i saw a very similar list do incredibly well and it yeah. just it was one round of uh yeah of basically some lopsided odds mm. and and that's the only thing that t- stood in between it and tyranids and that kind of goes back to what i was talking about earlier is that um in in an eight rounder it, this that list might be disadvantaged in a singles tournament. It, it might be really advantaged in a, either like a five round tournament or this team event. Right. Yeah, it's uh, I I want to see how that does. I I want to look that up because I yeah, I like to look at that. I like it. Well, it's a good good list for team event. I'm interested. I'm interested. 
we're at the point in our show now. We have this is a little bit of a palate cleanser. We talked about a lot of crunchy stuff. We talked about some tips about Warhammer 40,000. We've talked about theories about Tyranid lore. We've covered a, a wide range of topics. Everything. Now it's time for a segment we call the Fuego Repito. This is like your the end of this is how we close out every show if this is the, the first time that you're hanging out with us, uh, where we run a, down a list of five topics. We put a little time on the clock. Uh, we start that clock, and as soon as it starts uh, winding down, we have a hot take on whatever the issue is. Uh, these typically have a theme. We really appreciate the the submitters of these. We have not seen these before, uh, but there's a, typically a theme for the show. This one, I know it's the twelfth, but tomorrow, uh, yeah, it's Friday the thirteenth. You know, Friday you know, the thirteenth. You're always beating me to the theme, Paul. Man, you get me every time. I tell you. Oh well. So what you just heard, I think you heard from uh, our production crew, is Richard back behind the scenes is going to uh, run down these questions for us, and Dustin and I are going to do our yeah. level best. So with uh, two lovely gentlemen, we'll only t- we'll take thirty seconds off. So we're doing a, a minute thirty on here. So gentlemen, clock has started. Yeah. Best model with a mask. First one goes. Uh, Space Marine Chaplain, the one with just the 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 skull mask. Oh like, yeah, bald, bald right. head. If you and said anything is, about the skull guy, he is quite literally almost wearing a hockey mask, and that's that's actually the way I've painted mine uh, is to represent him with a hockey mask. Okay, well that's that's actually pretty awesome. I want to see that. I love that model too. If uh, I don't know if it's close by, no, <laughs> I'll try to find it. Best model with the mask is in the best looking one. I'm assuming that's what we're going with because that's pretty much what your Paul choice. You don't have to have any rhyme or reason. Yeah, whatever you want, buddy. Uh, because I I don't even know if this is a mask or a helmet because I'm looking at it right now and I I'm really excited to paint this thing. So it's the new avatar of Kane. Yeah, it's, I I love I love this model. Like I have the old one, I have the forged one, and I'm really excited to to paint up this this new one here. I love that model. I don't know if that's considered a mask or just like you know helmet, kind of both, but I love it. That's that's definitely one of mine. If I had to pick a one that's one of my favorite models to play with, the solitaire. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, like we could that. do it. Which model needs a mask? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's fifteen a good seconds one. Like go. That. The incarn. <laughs> any nurgle model ever oh, oh man <laughs> i'm sorry nurgle matthew <laughs> they all need masks i don't want to see that when i play cha, them. Cha, cha, cha. that's the theme <laughs> all right the clock is started what's well tell me a story of your most unlucky dice roll Oh, you know, I don't know if you know this, but everyone that I do podcasts with and and streams and stuff with is we have a support group. It's the the one into ones club (laughs) of people that command point ones into ones. Mm -hmm. It seems to happen more often than not. Uh, I guess it goes into the superstition is is what we (laughs) got to have coming up. Uh, I looked ahead just a second. Uh, But really, the the pain of a three inch failing a three inch charge. It, yeah. it, it, it's every, each and every one everybody of them feels it. Yeah. Everybody feels it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been Dante, uh, right in front of, I think it was in front of, um, like a unit of centurions, you know, uh, you know a couple of editions ago. And all I needed to do to win the game was just, just do a, do a four inch charge, uh, to, to, to close out all the firepower. So what happened? Dante just stood there for an extra turn. <sighs> I decided not to. Decided not just to decided not to. And no one heard from Dante again. 
Uh, mine's actually pretty recent because it happened and I'm very sad about it. So a lot of my lists, my, by a lot of them, I mean like all my competitive GSC lists will have rock grinders with Kellomorphs in them. And I always have it with like five guys in there. A lot of the time they'll be jumping in and out of the transports. But uh, when a rock rider dies and you roll six ones, that's, uh, that's a feel bad. Oh, that is. <laughs> okay. Next one. What is your Warhammer superstition? Oh man, you got to give pep talks to your dice. <laughs> okay, what are the, what do those sound like? Whoa, whoa! Oh yeah, give us an example yeah, here. I, I want to hear, hear what you would this. say to your dice. Oh, <laughs> uh, like what's this? Like a scene from uh, Inning Game on Sundays? Like you are the greatest wide receiver <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh, so actually, a real superstition. That's a that's a. That's that's tough because I know I know that they ha- that w- I have them. I'm sure that Dustin, you probably have them, but yep. I consider them more of like facts. Like yeah, if you don't do not this, superstition. They are facts. That's, yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I've done in the past is like it rolled. Uh, I got dice. I like my dice to match my army. I feel like I do a little bit better if the dice colors are very similar to the army colors. So I'm so happy that that uh, Games Workshop has been putting out the uh the theme sets of dice with each army release that uh that, that really do seem to tie into the theme nice okay yeah i can see that uh i have a, i have a lot of them obviously one of the ones that I actually i caught myself doing that at the last tournament i went to too i like i caught it myself that after i roll dice if they don't roll i wanted to i actually move it to the side and put it on what i wanted it to be and leave it there for a little while i just just to have it Think about have, it for a while. A, you, you think about what you did. I'll come yeah. back to you in a bit. <laughs> yeah. Seems reasonable. All right. Uh, what model should be the ultimate blender? Just like Jake, Jason Voorhees. Should be. So not is, but should be. Yes. Uh, I mean, come on. Carandris is. The Carandris ultimate blender. Is pretty okay. cool. Yeah. That makes sense. He's got a cool look for it, too. Okay. The ultimate and, blender. And I specifically say Carandris and not, uh, you know, potential Drakari Carandris. Oh. No, I did say Carandris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I like the model, actually. You could look look good for it, too. I actually feel, if we were talking about, like, a blender, that something that should just run in and shred something, a lot of those, like, Keeper Secrets, like, I feel like they actually are blenders. Just big blenders. Karn's a good answer, KR Quinn. I like Karn. Yeah, Karn should be a blender. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. a good answer. Angron. That is, that very is good. good and also very themey, you know. With very a, themey, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. With he needs he's lots, to have eight attacks. involved. He needs to auto make eight inch charges. Like this is just things Ooh, that Karn should have. I like Casey Slimarbo. Yes. Slimarbo, yeah. Yes. Okay. 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 For the You're longest time I actually used a uh, Eversor Assassin model as my Slimarbo. Oh, uh, just because I like the you know the you know the, just the one with the knife, like the like yeah. the guns on his back and, and he's in the one with the knife and the, and the severed head. That was I was like this. All right, that's I have that up. one still. I like that one. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Kill, kill, kill. Cha, cha, cha. Okay, uh, what's the biggest curse in Warhammer? When you tell your opponent anything but a one, you've basically yep. asked them for at least hundred percent minutes. Hundred percent. That is that is the number one curse. 
that yeah. Paul nailed it. For There's for a more. while, <laughs> we could, we could just say you you could like if you if you said anything but a one, you basically you might not get invited back yeah. to the, <laughs> to the game night. You had to yeah. say anything but that was the, you had to stop stop there. Yeah, yeah, you can't All say right. that. That that is the biggest curse. That that that's something. If you haven't been to a tournament yet, that is the biggest faux pas you could ever make a tournament. Do never it really say is. That. It, it, never say that. It is because it always is a one when you say that. It always and it's awful <laughs> that it always does that. Uh, the other oh, KR could beat me to it too. But the other big curse that I, that uh, I wanted to bring up was the new painted model syndrome. Mm. Yeah. Whenever you newly paint a model, you're really excited about it. it does nothing in the first couple of games. You yeah. Use or it. we'll just die immediately. Or we'll just die. Yeah. And, just and you don't even have to tell your opponent. They'll just, they'll just somehow magically know yep, that they it will. is. And, and yep. that's what like, why are you shooting at this? Why, like, like, why are you shooting at it? And you, you can oh, see that they'll, they'll see the pain in your voice. Like, I, I don't know, man. It just felt like it was a threat. It's like, yeah, because I was excited. I put it like right in the front line. Cause I was going to do something. <laughs> The poor thing didn't didn't even get to eat a single piece of biomass. That's it's it. kind of the the cool thing is is that you and I, uh, in different countries, thousands of miles apart, have the exact same superstitions <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. and concerns <laughs> about Warhammer. It's true playing these games, which you know, and again, that's that plays right into this. If you haven't made the jump to get out and play at events like this, if you question whether or not it's the right thing to do for you, you know, of course, you know, you got to make those choices by yourself, but you have so much in common with the people that are right across the table from you. You know, you, you make these lifelong friendships. It's incredibly rewarding to do that. And when we have a segment like that, I know it was just a complete bubblegum throwaway segment, but it made me realize, you know, just, just how similar we are to every gamer that shows yeah. up and, and rolls dice. <laughs> it's true. We all have so much in, more in common than any of us realize. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is absolute truth. Well, that is our show this week. It's been a blast. We certainly uh, miss Adam, but hopefully he does well at the tournament. Uh, we'll be trying to check in and see how he's doing. Also, Dustin, you know, got anything you want to toss in here before we uh, wrap, wrap up? Uh, good luck to my Canadian brethren at the Motor City, guys. I'm rooting for you. Right. Bring, home, bring home some medals for us. Seriously, thank you all for participating in the chat. It was great to see everybody. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you are uh, new to the show. And uh, it's, it's a one way you can interact with us. Leave some comments on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's a way that folks can find us. You know, helps you know, kind of kind of trick the algorithms into more people coming and joining us live or listening after the fact. Leave us those five star reviews. Cannot wait to see y'all next week. We'll be back soon. Good night, everybody. See you next week.